Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Jeff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Faith Church Podcast, episode 18. I'm your host, Jay Williams, and with me is host, but today, interviewee, Jeff Clossy. Hello. That's going to be a different role for today for me. Yeah, it is. That was a very enthusiastic hello. And by enthusiastic, I mean not enthusiastic at all. I am I'm very excited to be here, Jay. How dare you? I, you, you and I have, we are on the opposite ends of the, um, overt emotion scale. I don't know so what who that has is. the control right now. Like, do I have it because I'm the one being interviewed or do you have it? I think the fact you're... that you're asking who has the control reveals something about you already. Oh, I think it probably that's does. A, that that's a concern of yours. Um, and also <laughs> the answer is me. I, I have it. Uh, so how have you been, Jeff? I'm well. I've really enjoyed the last couple of days of sunshine, to be honest. I find right now that that is super helpful when the sun is out and um, I can bike into work. I've been biking in the last couple of days to the office and it's been awesome. Yeah, I actually I actually biked into the office the other day, which uh, is novel for me. We have several bikers in on the staff who like to really enjoy biking into work. And I thought I would try it. And I have to say, it wasn't bad. And your bunny hop shocked me. Yeah. Like when you rolled in and just started jumping, I was like, really? Well, yeah, I've got skills. I didn't say um, I didn't have skills. It's just not my top so thing. So yesterday I rescued an animal on the way in. Yes. I did. It, yeah, let's let's share that with everybody. This, okay. this will give insight into Jeff's character. Well, I was... Biking in, I come up Raider, and then I'm on Tanapeshtigo Road, and then um, go under the overpass there, and I see a painted turtle crossing the road, and I'm like, buddy, bad time of day to do this. Two cars were behind me, and he survived the first two cars, and I kept going. I thought he'll be fine, and I just couldn't keep going. So I turned around, went back, parked the old cargo bike, alarmed all the drivers. I think they were like, what is he doing? Ran into the road, grabbed the turtle. It hissed at me, but it was a hiss of joy. And then I set it down in the ditch. Okay. First of all, there's no such thing as a hiss of joy. That oh, is delusional. Jay. Secondly, there's so many metaphors for ministry in that. I can't even begin <laughs> to to think of all of them. It's like flooding my brain. Also, I want people to get a picture of this. That it's, yeah, you're on you're on that busier bend, right? Coming off of 41, yes. going into Peshtigo. And when Jeff says a cargo bike, you, that bike that you rode in is about the length of a minivan. Yeah, at least. Give or take. If not longer. It is huge. <laughs> it holds almost as many passengers, too. How many people have you had on that bike? So we got that bike when we were still living in Canada because we were a one-car family. So it functioned as a car, and two kids ride on the back of it. And then you can also, like, I would go to the grocery store with a child on the back and fill it with all of our groceries. Today, I brought in a couple big pails for Leslie, and they fit in there just fine. So it's big. So it was a scene, definitely. People slowed down when they saw me. I don't know what they thought was happening. but So, um, so you, your conscience, you rode, I want everybody also to realize that you rode past the turtle. Yes. You were well on your way, but you were just so convicted in your spirit. 
that you had to turn around. You could not let that turtle face its certain destruction. Once I processed what was happening, he's crossing the road and there's a curb in the middle. That's not going to end well. And you knew that a painted turtle would not be able to scale that curb. No, not at all. So, so I had to go so, back. So the underappreciated version of this story or underappreciated point of this story is your underlying knowledge about painted turtles and their climbing abilities. Yeah, I had just been listening to a podcast about that. It comes no, in I handy. Hadn't. No, I hadn't. That's that that I I just love that. I love that it really does it really does reveal something <laughs> about your heart and uh just the fact that it would that it that would be weighing on your conscience. I do like that it hissed at you. Yep. Not realizing and there are like I said so many metaphors about ministry and about God in that about you no, know, he did not realize that what you were actually doing for him was saving his life, but um and probably never did. He probably nope. went on about his day and has no idea what you did for him. He's stewing about it to this day. Yeah. He's still mad about but, it. But you know, whatever. Painted turtles are jerks. It was a fun way to start the day, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, that's that's fun. Th- these are the kinds of things that we're experiencing right now and the kinds of things that are entertaining us. But that is not why I wanted to talk to you uh, on uh, this podcast. So people hopefully know by now, certainly the people who are connected with our church, I realize that there are some people who aren't a part of our church who listen to this, though I'm not sure why. Um, but the people who are part of our church who listen to this know by now, Jeff, that you uh, are one of our pastors on staff and that you started... Was it in January? Yeah, the middle of January. So the middle of January, January, uh, you joined us, and and do you want to give maybe just a little quick, a little quick bio sketch? Yeah. Of what led to this point? Yeah. So well, I mean, I grew up just like an hour and a half south of here in Nina, so I'm a Northeast Wisconsin kid, but then hadn't lived in Northeast Wisconsin for quite a while. And for the last 13 years, I had been serving with the Navigators, um, which is an international ministry, and with university students on college campuses. So I'd been living in Canada most recently, and we moved back here. Um, This is where my wife Jess is from, and very excited to be putting down roots in this community. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't, this is the first time that I've ministered out of a building that's designated for ministry. All of my ministry with college students has happened in lecture halls on campus or in dorms or wherever. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's different. And what has complicated that even more is the difference of obviously the pandemic. So yes. you, you got hired, uh, you, you started in January and then two months later, yeah, we all shut down. So, Within six weeks, I was sitting in a deacon meeting saying, I've been reading about this thing in China. I think we should start paying attention to it. So that was six weeks in. And then yeah. shortly after that is when this became very aware, very evident. Yes, we do have to pay very close attention to this. Yeah, that's one of the craziest things about this is how quickly it went from, I don't even know what that thing is. Oh, I'm sure it's not that big of a deal to Katie bar the doors. And none of us are allowed out anymore. Yes. Uh, and so, so what, what has that been like? I guess, I guess I'm curious what that's been like for you. You're, mm. you're, you're coming back. Obviously you knew some people. We, our church was a supporter of yours for those 13 years. And, and so you knew you had some existing relationships when you came back, but then there are also a lot of people that you 
don't know and you don't have relationships with. So you're a new pastor trying to get to know people. And now all of a sudden you like, we're, we're not meeting. We've, we've been not meeting longer than you were here with us as, as pastor, as a, as a staff pastor. So the majority of my time here has been this. That was a much better way of saying that. That's one of the things we love about having you, Jeff, is that you take my weird ramblings and phrases and say, oh, what you mean to say is this very simple phrase. So yes, you're (laughs) right. The majority of your time now has been on lockdown. So what has that been like for you? Well, it's tens and ones, right? It's ups and downs. Some things have been great. And by God, I mean, really by God's grace, I did know people. Um, quite a few people before we moved here, which is pretty unique for a new pastor who wasn't from that area. I think it's a unique situation. So I feel like the challenge right now for me, though, is that there's not a lot of the natural running into people kind of conversations that just happen. Mm -hmm. So either when you're here on a Sunday and I'm in the hall and I can bump into somebody and we can just talk about life and how things are going and, um, now, now, as we know, that doesn't happen to most of us ever. So for me, that has been probably the most challenging thing, especially for people at Faith who I just know very, you know, by name so far, or maybe even by face, because I haven't had a chance to interact with them um, at length at all. And I've had days where that has honestly been a bit discouraging, because one of the reasons I want to be a pastor here is because I want to know and love the people here at Faith and serve them. And I find I'm in a situation where there's, it's, I'm limited as to what that looks like right now. Um, on the other side, though, I feel like I have still had some wonderful interactions and meaningful conversations. And so much of the things that God had been doing in me, even in the months leading up to being hired here, like, for example, I was living in Wisconsin, but I was the National Campus Ministry Director for Canada. That required Zoom every day. So some of the things that we've had to do here are things that I had already had experience with, and I feel like God's used those things. Now, I think most of us um, would agree that a face-to-face meeting is so much better than a Zoom meeting. But um, I thought it was pretty interesting, you know, that I had that experience of remote work already before we, we went into this. So yeah, the short version of that answer is it's been up and down. I'm still very confident and thankful uh, that God called us here and excited for what is still to come. I think it's going to make being together and being a pastor with people all that much more sweeter when this whole thing is wrapped up, when we are, again, here together and able to bump into each other at Aldi in a normal fashion and all the things you do in life, you know? Yeah, isn't bumping bumping into people right now is such a strange experience because you're not really sure uh, can you, you you one you don't know how to interact and then you don't know what they're comfortable with and what you should yes. be doing or whatever and and so um, so stopping and saying hi to people I've noticed that especially you know where we live people walking around more people than usual are walking around with their heads up interested in saying hi yes uh you know that's not everybody but i would say it's been quite the increase and i think it just shows how hungry people are for that kind of interaction yes 
So I think you're right. I think people will come back even hungrier for that. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've gotten to know all of my neighbors because that's the other weird thing about this, this COVID for us is that we had moved into our place in the winter. Right. And so people weren't outside. So this spring we've gotten to know our neighbors, but it's been via walking, you know, and, and just having quick conversations at the end of the driveway. Um, but those have still been sweet and good. And I feel like God's taking a lot of what a lot of us would feel like, man, that's not the kind of interaction I would choose. I would rather have face to face in my house, but he's taking even the short ones. And I think he's multiplying their impact in all of us. Even the little interactions we have are valuable right now. And I think that's a gift from him. Yeah, for sure. I think and we always talk about that. The small interactions are always meaningful, whether it's at the, you know, the in the checkout line at the grocery store or whatever. But that's just all magnified now. The yes. the cashier uh, at the grocery store is even hungrier for a kind word, given that some of the interactions that they've had, whether they've had them or they know people who have had them or they read articles about them. There's a lot of anxiety for people who right now are working in not only the, you know, the medical professional and the food industry and, and those kinds of things. And it just magnifies our ability to um, just express some kindness and support of them. And that can go a really long way right now. So you're right. It, it, it's creating an environment where some of the smallest things that we could think of to do, the impact of those are just multiplied. It is. I mean... And to me, that's an encouragement for us as we follow Jesus and live as his disciples, that kindness and smiles, even, you know, you can see the corners of a face, even if it's behind a mask that someone is smiling Mm -hmm. and that makes a big difference right now. Um, Mm -hmm. It always does, but right now more than ever. Yeah. Well, I, I was also curious, I mean, so one of the questions that I've thought about with you that I was thinking, well, what would help people get to know you and, and yet at the same time also encourage them and equip them a little bit. Um, I'm curious if you could share who have been some of your influences in your, in your spiritual growth and your journey, uh, maybe authors that you have found to be incredibly impactful or um, maybe specific books that were meaningful to you or, or other people yeah. I love that question. You'll have to cut me off, Jay. <laughs> you know that, right? I know. Well, I, <laughs> hey, I'm ready. I remember I'm in control. Yeah. So yeah, I will. Keep, Christoph yeah, is yeah. actually the most in control. Yes, Jay, you are in, in control. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, author wise, the first author, author that comes to my mind is C.S. Lewis. And he was really, God used, C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, in a massive way in my life when I was a teenager. Um, But I would say, um, so I go back to him over and over again. Another one is a guy named Jerry Bridges. And Jerry is a long time, he passed away a couple years ago, but he was a navigator staff person for over 50 years. So I got to meet him and get to know him a bit working with the navs. And he's written, his big book is Pursuit of Holiness, but he also wrote a lot of books about God's grace and the gospel and how we need to live by the gospel every day of our lives. Um, I just read his kind of one of his memoirs this last week, actually, and I liked it so much that I came in tired and Jay noticed it. 
I said, Jeff, you look tired. I said, yes, I was up reading Jerry Bridges' book and I couldn't stop reading it. And the reason I like him, uh, there's a lot of reasons. One, he takes the word of God very seriously. And I feel like when I read him, I learn what the word of God means because mm -hmm. he just basically explains how he, I believe this and this is why. And it comes from the word. He writes very simply as well. So it's very clear and not too wordy. But he's also just a really humble person. You read it and you just feel like this is just a normal man. And God has, in his mercy and in his grace, decided that he should write some books. And I have found them to be very helpful. His books all come out of his own struggles and learnings. And for me, that's how I learn as well. When I have an, an issue, either a felt need um, or a question, that's when I read the most. And um, I just find I really connect with him. So yeah, when I met him in person once, I remember him just looking at me and saying, I just said something like, what do you ask someone you've read a lot of his books, right? I just said, Jerry, what, what's one thing, you know, that you'd want to share with me? And he just said, every day of your life, you have to live by the gospel. There isn't going to be a day that you're alive where you don't have to relate to God through the work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. His performance, not your own performance. And that idea has really from Jerry, but also from others, Tim Keller has really shaped my life and shaped who I am. So there's a, there's a short sampling. That's so good. I, Jerry Bridges is somebody that I didn't really discover until a few years ago, I would say. And I think that's for a lot of people. If you aren't in Navigators, his mm -hmm. his books, they, they didn't have as quite the reach that we think of, you know, like a Tim Keller, yes. for example. But when I first discovered him, I could not get enough of him. I wanted to listen to every interview with him. I, I wanted to, because he just was, like you said, just so humble. Um, reminded me a lot of Eugene Peterson. There's a yes. lot of similarities between them of just this humility and wisdom that comes with a long life. And um, and, yeah. and I, I, he just, this faithful work for all these years and uh, and just humility he's, he's such a good example of what it looks like to be incredibly humble yet incredibly confident in the gospel yes because sometimes we mistake humility in that you know we think we think humility is being unsure and um that isn't that isn't actually humility and so we end up actually being proud we end up being humble where we should be bold and bold where we should be humble and 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 so he was just very humble in all the right ways. But then when it came to God's word, he was very bold and yes. confident. And he did a lot of studying of the Puritans and a lot of his theological education came through his own reading of them. And yeah, when his first, so that book I just read, his memoirs, he was a little concerned when the, when the navigators released the book that they would lose money on him because like you said, he wasn't very well known. So he said... He hoped that it would sell 5,000 copies. Hmm. And that first book, Pursuit of Holiness, has sold over a million copies to this day. Yeah, it, It's just such a God thing. There's no reason that that should have happened um, or that I should know who he is right now, but God did. Another person, though, I want to just mention is Dallas Willard. He's one other author that I have at times really loved, at times found baffling. Um, but has really helped my uh, walk with Jesus, especially thinking of myself as an apprentice of Jesus and trying to work that out into all of life. Um, Dallas has been a real big help to me yeah. as well. 
That's good. Is there a book? So, you know, when I think of going back to Jerry Bridges, I think of the discipline of grace. That's what I'm yes. reading right now. And, uh, it's, that's incredibly good. Um, when it comes to Dallas Willard, is there a book that you would say that's if you're, if you're interested in checking him out, this is the, this is where I would start. Yeah. Probably the book, the spirit of the disciplines is one his, his, I mean, the book that most people would probably know about is called the divine conspiracy that won a big award the year it came out. But I've heard it joked that that's the most unread book. It's the most bought and unread book of any book because <laughs> it's really thick. And Dallas was a philosophy professor. So he writes like a philosophy professor. He's not very animated. And he, yeah, it's not easy reading. But I, yeah, Discipline of Grace is the one, or not Discipline of Grace, Spirit of the Disciplines. The Discipline of the Grace is the one I would recommend from um, Jerry Bridges, though. That book is amazing so good i think it's and you talking about there those what those guys all have in common is a love a love for the word a love for the Mm -hmm. gospel and that just comes out and it's there's something interesting that happens that even when you're it doesn't really matter what the topic of the book is from some of those authors it just you find yourself you know just almost by transference or, or something where it just their love for God's word transfers over to you. You start, it sparks it. And I, yes, I always look for those authors. Like what authors do I read? It's kind of interesting. I think about what authors do I read that make me want to go away from their book? Want to stop. It's, you know, you said that you're staying up late. You couldn't put it down, but there's something for me about reading a book that makes me want that. I enjoy the books that make me want to stop reading the book and yes. go either go, but, to God's word or to go live this out, you know, like I want to, I want to put this down so I can go and put this into practice. Um, so those are, those are all authors that I think do that. It's really good. So I'm curious right now. I mean, one of the things Jeff that I love about you and have really enjoyed about you is just how, um, observant you are. And so, um, I'm curious. So you're just, you're, you're very, uh, introspective and thoughtful, you you are really good at kind of taking in information and then just processing it and considering it and so i think that's really helpful so i'm curious during this time what has what what have what has god been teaching you what have you been processing um what have you been observing in, maybe in your own life or in the community or in the greater in the world right now that might be might be helpful to to our listeners it's a great question i feel like so i'm wired as a learner as you can probably tell that jay asked me about books so i love to learn and i love to synthesize what i'm learning and apply it and this whole pandemic and crisis has endless opportunities for learning in good ways and in bad ways and i i found myself at the beginning of this um paying too much attention to the news Hmm. and and by that i mean just like constantly reading and constantly wondering and i feel like i I went through different seasons of that where i just kind of gave up on watching the news for a while and now i find that i'm at probably a healthier place where i'm taking in information because i feel like for me when i take in information it's not just for me actually like a lot of my motivation is to help other people with what i'm learning um, 
So yeah, there's been a number of themes though for me from God throughout this thing. I think at the very beginning and till now, when you read Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he kind of ends it with this image of building your house, the house of your life on the sand or on the rock. And the whole point of that, he's teaching that you need to obey and live out his teachings. Don't just hear them, but actually build your life on him and his teachings. And he gives this example where when the when the waves come, when the winds come, the waters rise, the house that's built on the rock stands, and the one that is built on the sand without a firm foundation does not stand. And I feel like right now what we're going through is wind and rain, lots of it. And where my house is built, where my life is built, matters right now more than ever. And I think for me, it's it's reinforced my desire to follow Jesus, to love him and obey him and become like him um, in some really unique ways. One is just the word trust. I did a vlog on that one recently, but I've just been thinking about the different posture in life when you're trusting in God versus when you are not trusting in God. Psalm 23 in particular has been one, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack any good thing, right? Um, Those basic truths are what make a difference right now in my life. And in our family's life, you know, an interesting, um, an interesting thing I learned to do a number of years ago was to personalize the Psalms. So when I, when I think of like Psalm 23, for example, the Lord is my shepherd. I really emphasize the word my, or you could even say the Lord is Jeff's shepherd or Jay's shepherd or Christoph's shepherd. Um, the other thing I've learned to do with Psalms though, is kind of invert them and make them say the opposite of what they're actually saying. And when I do that, I examine that my dangerous, heart. That dangerous, Jeff. It is dangerous. So, <laughs> Tear I, I, Christoph I, is freaking out right now. Yeah. Everybody take and a deep breath. And that's our podcast, everyone. Okay, here's hope a deep you, breath. Hope you, <laughs> so what I mean is you kind of invert the psalm and examine your heart. So to see, is my heart more in line with what the psalm is saying or more in line with what the psalm is not saying? So, for example, the Lord is my shepherd is what it says. But if I say it like this, the Lord is not my shepherd. I am, I am a helpless sheep without anyone who cares for me today. My job is to fend for myself. And at the end of the day, if I fend for myself well, I will be okay. So that's what, what I'll do with the psalm. And what that does for me is it helps reinforce the truth of no. Mm-hmm. The actual truth is I have a shepherd who loves me with a steadfast love, so much so that the shepherd would save me through the death of his son and I have new life. It, it just helps me to really flesh it out. And you can do that with any scripture. I think it helps illumine what the actual truth is. And it's easy for me to say, I believe something like Psalm 23, but the deeper question is not just do I believe it, but does it have functional power and truth in my life? And can yeah. I experience it? Okay. Well, we so won't... do you feel okay now about I, that? I feel much better Okay, Christoph good. gives a little nod, so we know. But <laughs> I think that's good because it's uh, we do a, a similar thing in in biblical counseling here. Where we talk about fruit to root, and um, we do similar things where we say, "Okay, what does my life, what does my life say about what I believe about God?" And there's a part in that exercise where you're saying, "Okay, well, I'm this is how I'm acting. This is what I seem to be believing." And so what is that saying about God? And that's always a really hard place because people have to say hard things that they don't actually believe. They're, they're false things. 
but to speak out sometimes what speak out the opposite of truth is to then expose those lies for what they are exactly and expose our actions for for what they are rather than just kind of going through the motions of saying i believe this thing but um yeah i think that's really good i also i love what you said about the the basic truths and building that house on the rock i i've noticed here for sure uh, but i remember this in after 9 11 you know i remember it during different tragedies that would happen happen in communities um you know i remember this during you know i was i lived in aurora uh, around aurora during the um you know, the shootings out there and, and just yeah. different tragedies that people go through. And you realize that when we are, when we're effectively bored, we quibble about all kinds of fringe issues and we get fixated on all kinds of fringe issues. And a lot of times uh, I see this just even in the church where we want to, we want to hear something new. We want to hear something. We want to explore something different. And it usually, you know, we joke that the, and this isn't just here at our church. This is every church I've ever been in, and and, and all all across um, cultures, that especially in the American church, people always love thinking about and studying Revelation. They always wanted people to preach on mm-hmm. Revelation, and, and and it's because it's just this curiosity of like, oh, this is this thing I don't understand, and and that's what I need for my faith is I want to learn something new. But the reality is that when when tragedy hits, or when when we are when our life is hit by those winds in the in the rain it's not some trivial issue on the fringe that is helpful it is the the it's the very foundational basic truths of christianity and and by basic i don't mean small I, they are they are huge foundational truths those are the things that actually hold you not not figuring out which you know where the tribulation is or what um which translation is best or some other things you know, like how should we take communion or anything like that like none of those things actually in the in the day um, as far as the rock you know build, building your house on the rock it's those simplest of truths it is and you're right they're not basic in the sense of easy right it's like no. they're just foundational and without them my word i i, I just I think that's one of the things that this crisis has reinforced in my heart is yeah. I'm just so thankful that God called me to himself. Um, that even when life, I mean, the word uncertainty just keeps coming to mind every day is just uncertain. Right. So like today, like for example, we can look out today and say, the truth is it is sunny. Well, tomorrow it might not be. And you'll have to say it's cloudy. And both those statements are true, but the weather's constantly changing. It feels like our circumstances like that, where one day you can say one thing and the next day it might be totally the opposite. Mm-hmm. And apart from the rock of Jesus, the gospel, and being his, his purchased one, his son, man, my life would look so different. And like, listen to this. This is at the end of Habakkuk. I was reading this the other day says, though the fig tree should blossom, nor, nor fruit be on the vine, should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herds in the stalls. So basically, your situation's horrible, is what he's describing. Then he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. 
God, the Lord is my strength. I just think that's what I need that reminder every day, you know, from, from the word and from other followers of Jesus. And I think for me, this circumstance has reinforced that. So good. I was curious with that kind of in that whole idea of joy, because the reality is that, um, all in all of our situations right now, God is giving gifts of, of joy and blessing. And that's been on my mind a lot lately as we've kind of, as we've gone through the Lord's prayer as a, as a church. So I'm just curious again, knowing, knowing that you are such an observant person and you pause and, and think and consider things, what have, what have been some small, simple things that have actually given you joy uh, during this season in a way that maybe before they'd been taken for granted? Hmm. This spring, um, actually birds, you know, it, just seeing birds and hearing yeah. them has given me a ton of joy. Um, You're so yesterday, old. I, what's that? You're so old. <laughs> yeah. I, I say it because I've been doing the same thing. I, yeah. I feel like I don't even care. I'm looking out at birds and I'm like, yes. I'm running out there with my camera taking pictures of birds. Yes. I've been trying to, I, you're better with a camera than I am, but yeah, I, I've really enjoyed that. And everyone knows by now I love to bike, but biking with our family has been amazing. And I feel like it's one of the, one of the only normal things that we get to do right now. And it's just, it fills me with tons of joy to get to do that with them. That's a couple of things. I love also music. So listening to music and uh, letting, letting God speak through music, whether it's jazz or rock or I kind of like all kinds, but that's also been something that's brought me a lot of joy. And, and also I think you were going to say working with your new staff, what was I that? Think that was yeah. Oh yeah, I heard you. Yeah, yeah. that is one of the things. I yeah. Oh, I it knew you were going to say it. Joy. It was right there. It was right on the tip of your tongue. Uh huh. You're talking about the work environment and how what a great culture has been created here on the staff and, um, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, in all sincerity, yeah. it has been amazing to to be here and to get to work with all of you. I think it's actually pretty remarkable the giftings of, of each person that God has brought together here. I mean, really it is. It's, there's so many complementary ways that we get to work together, both in interests, but then passions and, and then the actual carrying out of the, the work of God that he's given us to do. I think it's quite remarkable. So, so thanks for prompting that. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, so I'll wrap up with this. Let me finish with this one then. So given that, how would you, as an out fresh eyes, um, how would you, rank the staff in order of value from most valuable to least. Now you're expecting some dead air here because <laughs> you've done this to me before on these podcasts. I've done that and, one to you. Well, other questions like, and then I don't talk and then it's like there like oh, that. All right. Okay. So, so you don't, you um, don't, I probably won't know. rank them on air. I love okay. all of the staff. <laughs> okay. Equally. Well, we know, we know what the rankings would be. Okay. We're pretty sure about that. Um, all right. Well, that has been really helpful. Uh, I, I hope that for those of you listening, that you have been encouraged by that. Jeff, you are a you're a gift to our church, and uh, already uh, have have proven um, that this this is this was definitely God's leading to bring you here. Uh, it's it's hard because you're not you're not in front of the well right now in front of the camera no. as much as say Robbie or myself, but um, 
people people should know that that you are doing a ton behind the scenes and have been incredibly helpful and as we've navigated ministering to our church family and and I think specifically for this time so mm-hmm. even down to your uh, you you hated Zoom long before any of us knew to hate <laughs> Zoom so um, that has been that's been helpful uh, in, in navigating all of that so we're just so glad that you're here and I'm excited for when we can all get back together again and people can really start to to get to know you and your family uh, more and more. If you uh, have just kind of jumped on the podcast and haven't caught up with all the episodes and want to know more about the Clossies, uh, episode 14 was Jess, Jeff's yes. wife. So, uh, and she did a fantastic job on that. So I uh, would encourage you to listen to that. So that will do it for another episode of the Faith Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to listen to it. And uh, we will... We will talk to you next time.